You're listening to audio from The House, located in Kelowna, B.C. If you'd like to check out more resources, please visit us at thehouseonline.ca. Glad that uh, you're with us this morning. We have uh, thought about a new capital campaign in the church uh, with uh, making wise use of our, our fi- finances and stewardship of installing a tow rope at the ramp out front there, uh, just like you do at the bunny hill, just to help you kind of get up as you're walking up. Uh, it's a little bit slippery, and so please be careful as you're kind of walking down. And uh, it is part of the, we have the absolute worst parking, worst location of any church in Kelowna, bar none, okay? And so um, we're just glad that you're here. If you parked in the, 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 the building across the street, which we had been using for parking, over the last number of years, there are new owners as of December, and they've asked that we no longer park in there. So if you are across the street in that parking lot, which used to be the Maple Rinders uh, construction company, development company, uh, you would be uh, best to maybe go and find some street parking. Uh, there's a chance that they could tow your car. So we're just going to try to make some of those announcements over the next little while, and just as a reminder, until we, we all uh, shift and make those adjustments. And so... Um, it's, I have the privilege this morning of introducing our new topic, which is this idea, we've, we're calling it living in the spirit, with the emphasis of that, the verb in the kind of the current present tense, uh, focusing on activity, uh, the active life of the spirit in, in our lives. The central theme in Ephesians, and, and we're, we're going to take most of our weeks, most of our, our messages over the coming weeks will be based from Ephesians. And as we look at the central theme in Ephesians, it's really about embracing our new identity in Jesus and what that looks like to live that out under the guidance and the anointing and, the, and kind of the leading of the Spirit of God as we participate in the kingdom of God and the, the moving forward of the work of God in God's kingdom here on earth. And uh, talking about the Spirit, uh, talking about things of the Spirit, I realize stirs up a broad mix of emotions in people. Uh, we all have different kind of uh, premeditated assumptions, experiences, things that go along with that. Uh, historically, the church has made, uh, I, I would say we've often mishandled things of the Spirit. And so often we, we tend in the church when it comes to things of the Spirit to uh, do extremes in the pendulum. Sometimes there are uh, maybe circles or experiences, Christians, uh, that, you know, at times we dive so far into the Spirit, we can give ourselves over to the excesses, can lead to spiritual abuse, manipulation, can lead to unsound doctrine and experiences and things like that. And at the same time, I'm aware that sometimes uh, there are believers and some of us as, as, as believers and maybe uh, church circles and things that can be so, maybe reject the things or so shut out to the things of the Spirit, want to be so safe and controlled that we sometimes can squeeze the life of the Spirit right out and almost become dry and kind of withered up. And those would maybe represent some of the polarized extremes or some of the, the excesses that can happen. Uh, as a pastor, I'm encouraged to see a diversity of churches experiencing and, and being more open to the Spirit, possibly more than ever. 
in as a community are those moments together that when we experience the presence of God together. And I think those are, those are special moments for our community. And I'm excited to see that other churches are also growing and developing and experiencing those kinds of things. I was at the Kima prayer, uh, uh, like breakfast, uh, as a whole morning set aside. Kima is the Kelowna Evangelical Ministers Association. And uh, I don't go to those gatherings, you know, monthly, but uh, especially at the beginning of the year, they, they get together, all the, all the pastors, to have uh, at the kind of early January, take some time, set it aside to pray together as pastors in the city. I was so encouraged. I did this on Wednesday. We were at Willow Park. And uh, uh, Oliver came with me and we set the whole morning aside. I was so encouraged. Church, all the pastors in the city giving so much time to just listen to the things that the Spirit of God was saying to them. Like dedicated time. Say, let's take some time right now. Let's write down some things. What are some of the things the Spirit is saying to you over your life, over your church, over our city? We gathered together in small groups of two and three and, and shared and prayed into that. It was amazing to have uh, Mennonites and the Salvation Army and the Pentecostals and the, the Charismatics and from every kind of extreme or maybe extreme's not the right word, but from every kind of theological, cultural, church culture expression, all together, all speaking prophetically into one another's lives, praying praying for the city, encouraging one another, listening to the Spirit of God. It was actually really encouraging. I was quite surprised at how open the Spirit of God was moving. And sometimes, in, I think even in my own, my own bubble as a pastor, you know, sometimes we think about, well, they're this way over at their church, or that's what they believe over there, or that's their experience. And to see the openness and the hunger. And I left that meeting with this sense that God is stirring the church in Kelowna. God is stirring the hearts of pastors. God is stirring the church. And I wanted to receive more of that. And I was so encouraged because this is kind of part of where we want to uh, lean into as we begin 2020, as we begin this new year, this new decade ahead, to say, how can we together know and experience more of God's presence and the Spirit, and those, those moments together? And so this is how I, I started my week, and it was such a great confirmation because this series is something that we've been looking at and planning for quite a long time. It goes all the way back to October when we began to think about this and, and put these things together. And when I think of the future and I think of starting 2020, I think of starting the new year, starting the new decade, I'm acutely aware of asking myself the question, what will make the most difference in 2020 and the decade to come. Maybe this is getting older. Uh, I have less than, I have well under three years before I turn 50. And I, I'm thinking more and more, like what is, what matters? What's my legacy? What's gonna make the most difference? Uh, I was with Yos, our music uh, guy uh, are, does such a great job leading our music ministry. Yos was up here. Uh, I said, uh, on, on, on Friday, we, we got together and, and I said, hey, did you hear that Neil Pert passed away? And he said, who's that? And I said, you know, the drummer for Rush. And he said, 
Who's Rush? And I thought, my days of working with these young guys are limited. They don't know anything. And um, I have become more aware of what really matters, what really makes a difference. What will my legacy be to the next generation? Will it be a church community with good espresso machines and, and cool lights? Or will it be a church that helps people encounter the presence of God? Or better yet, will it be a church with cool lights and a good espresso machine that also helps people encounter the presence of God? And that is my heart and my vision. That's our collective vision as a community to find ways and to find the opportunities to create the ways, the moments, the, the safe places for us to experience the presence of God, those special moments together. Uh, it, in fact, that, that's one of my favorite things about our church are those special moments that we encounter together. And last year, the begin, we used a phrase at, within our team. We had this, this phrase was uh, um, uh, creating room. Let's create room for the Spirit. And uh, we tried to focus that and look at that as we were working on our, planning our services and our times of worship. That was something we kind of kept coming back to. This year, the phrase that kind of burped up within my spirit and came to the front was um, find the moments. Find those moments together. It's one of the, the, the things I love most about our church are those moments in his presence. Those moments when he's speaking to you and he's, he's working in your hearts, when your spirit is being stirred up, when there's this, this, this encounter, this something happening with you in your lives, when your, your spirit is stirred, you're filled with his love and his power, when, when, when sometimes when people respond in prayer, and, and it's not even prayer up front, sometimes I see people praying together just wherever, even in the coffee shop and, and Jesus ministering. And I see people encountering like, you know, deeper levels of conversation and those moments in the worship where you're like, wow, that was, those moments together are the things that we would love to see develop and create and, and happen. Uh, that um, we were spending a little bit more time just kind of praying and worshiping and hanging out and visiting. And somebody had come in for the 11 service, opened the door, came in, and just went, whoa, what just happened here? It's like, I can feel something. And he goes, there's people all over crying and praying and worshiping. He goes, I can hardly wait for the 11 o'clock service to start. And he came and he sat right up front. So he was like right ready to go. And um, those, those moments are special. Uh, I remember just before Christmas, uh, I was sharing a story in one of my messages and, and one, of the, one of the musicians, one of, one of our community who was on stage, after the service, after the 9.30 service, he said, okay, I don't know what is wrong with me, but when you were sharing that story, he goes, I just wept and wept and wept. I couldn't hardly even play. And he goes, I just, I don't, that never happens to me. It's like something just, it was like this, like the spirit of God and the, and, and he didn't even know really the language, the presence of God. And he, said, and he said, oh, he goes, I'm so glad I got that over with because now I can just play through the 11 o'clock service. And he said he got up on stage and as soon as he began playing at the 11 o'clock service, he just wept 
through the whole service. He didn't, by the time we got to the story again, he was just sobbing, sitting there on his chair. And we can't explain those things. We can't always explain those responses, those kinds of things. And, and it looks different for everyone else. And, and maybe you haven't had those particular kind of expressions or moments. And you think, what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. It looks different in all of us. But I love the moments. We, I think all of us can see and experience, and we can see it happening in other people when there is a sense of the Spirit of God ministering and working in ways that goes deeper and beyond just the words and the moment that are being said. When the Spirit of God is working and stirring within the church. That, those are beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. And um, there's no substitute for an authentic encounter with the Holy Spirit. You can have the best, coolest worship and message and coffee and all that, but when you encounter the Spirit, when you know that Jesus meets with you and he speaks to you, he encourages you, he empowers you, he shows up in your heart, he stirs, that's, the, that's the moment, that's the gold. And that's what we hold dear. That's what we cling to in our hearts. And as your pastor, I thought it would be good to set aside the first few weeks of 2020 to focus on the Spirit's work in our lives, to become more open to his presence, more aware of his activity, more in tune with his whispers, to be able to tap into and experience and understand that Jesus, the Spirit of God, is alive and well and at work around us. And I've been thinking about this, I, I mentioned since October, and as I, I prayed into it, I felt the Lord whisper his desire for um, a renewed connection. And a big part of our living in the Spirit series is that emphasis on living in a, as a verb in the present current tense. Series, this, this living in the Spirit series is a, a fresh call to intentionally connect with Jesus throughout the week. Being filled up on Sunday morning is not enough. As good as those moments are as a community, it's not enough to sustain us. Our, our Sunday gathering is not the full expression of the kingdom of God in your life. The Spirit of God is alive and active out there in your life, in your home, in your workplace, in your circle of friends, wherever you are, that is where the kingdom of God is active and being built. And that is where the Holy Spirit invites you to participate in working within his kingdom. Embracing the kingdom dynamics of the Spirit is about living daily with God's purposes over your marriage, over your kids, your career, your friendships, whatever it is that makes up your life. It's about understanding and living with God's purposes, the Spirit's guidance, the Spirit's empowering for those things. And it goes so far beyond these few moments that we are together on a Sunday morning. In fact, I would say that we don't need another Sunday sermon as much as we need to be filled with the presence of the Spirit on a daily basis. We've written a journal with daily scripture readings and questions and just thoughts to ponder, things to kind of consider to, uh, 
serve as a prayer guide and as a journal guide and for you to write down some of your thoughts and, and kind of uh, help you as you meditate on the presence of God and what that looks like and do some scripture readings on a daily basis. And we invite you all to take one with you at the, the close of the service. We've never done this before. It seemed like a really good idea back in October. And as we got into it, we realized it was a lot of work and there's never enough time. Uh, we had some authors from the church, right from within our own community, who contributed to this. The content is all our own, and it is set up as every day. Uh, we, and now, we've, like I said, we've only done this, this is the first time. So we learned a lot. We made some mistakes. Uh, and you know what? It's just a tool. Uh, I realize that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. There's no gold star. Most likely, myself included, I'm not going to hit every day over the next six weeks. I know that. But it's not to force legalism on us. It's not even to just limit us to the content that's in here. It's to create intentional space in our life to find the moment to let the living creator of the universe who loves us and gave his life for us, let him speak and whisper into our soul with intention and with purpose to find some space, to create some space, to carve out some rooms, some margin. And you know, you may get through it and you might think, I don't have a clue what they're asking me. But you just say, you know what, Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you have to say about this scripture, about this verse. And meditate and just let the Spirit guide you. you can, and you can write things down. You can write questions. You can write down different things and just find some time. Church, we would be so much stronger together. The kingdom of God would be so much richer if we could learn to listen. And I speak totally to myself if we could learn to listen and be filled up with his presence on a daily basis as much as we can throughout the week instead of living as if church is the time we receive from him. We all need this. And so this is just uh, some thoughts and some guides as we look through scripture, some different things to go through, write down some answers, write down, there's lots of blank spaces and that's created for you. That's the, that's the gold. It's what is the Spirit saying to you, not, not just answering the, the specific thoughts that we had. And I, we would say this, feel free to email us your questions, your revelations, your testimonies. Connect at thehouseonline.ca. You can, you can send us that. We'd be happy to participate with you. This is something we would invite you all to participate with us just to say this is a, let's, let's go on a journey together. Let's listen together. Let's take some time and grow together. If you are a, a regular, maybe a regular Bible reader and journaler and things like that, and you're listening in that way, this would be very easy for you. This might be new for you, and, uh, and that's okay. I'd say just give it a try. Just walk it out as best you can. The goal is to help you create some space for the Spirit to whisper into your heart, into your soul. Uh, I want to give just a bit of context for our series and why we're doing this and where we're going this morning. 
Uh, and really, it's about that question, what, what is the Holy Spirit's purpose? And there, there are so much richness in Scripture that tell us about the Holy Spirit. Uh, very common things, understood things. Uh, the Holy Spirit's our counselor. He's our comforter. He's the one who convicts us and stirs our heart, leads us and guides us, those kinds of things. I want to look at a couple other themes that maybe we don't maybe speak about that often to help give context to uh, where we want to go over the next uh, number of weeks. The first is this, is that the Holy Spirit gives us our identity in the kingdom. Ephesians 1, 13, 14, looking at Ephesians, Paul says this, when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. The indwelling of the Spirit, theologically, we see and understand and believe from uh, Jesus breathing on the disciples, from 1 Corinthians 3 and 6, that the Spirit of God indwells, lives within the believer. As we open our heart and we come to faith, the Spirit lives within us. And this is part of what makes us and identifies us as God's. Uh, I sold my van a year ago in December. I had a Honda Odyssey, a well-used, uh, had it for like nine years, uh, family Honda Odyssey. And uh, it's still a desirable vehicle. And um, I had the perfect case scenario when I was selling my Honda Odyssey. I had two people come to look at it at the same time. And they both really wanted it. And so... One guy pulled out $1,000 and he says, I'm going to the bank tomorrow. Here's my deposit. I want the van. And so, of course, I, we did the paperwork, wrote up the receipts and kind of navigated that. And he put his money down. He put his deposit down. It was his. He declared his value, his intent over it. And it was held safely for him. In 1 Corinthians 1, the scripture says this, he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. The Holy Spirit is the down payment that Jesus gave over our lives. He deposited within us he chose us. He puts his value on us. He has not forgotten us. He is coming for us. And he invites us into and, and all the promises and all what it means to participate as his children comes because the Holy Spirit identifies us as his own. The second is that the empowerment for the kingdom. The Spirit gives us empowerment for the kingdom. Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and the ends of the earth. The supernatural work of the, in the work of the kingdom, the promises of miracles and breakthroughs are not so much for our own wants and desires as they are to help us participate in God's bigger story. The Holy Spirit empowers us to step into the activity of the Spirit, 
This looks like boldness and courage at the right moment that you didn't think you had. It looks like spiritual wisdom and prophetic guidance to kind of get you through and help you in choices and help you in conversations. And you realize, I didn't do that on my own. The Lord helped me. The Lord showed up. It looks like the capacity to love and hold space for someone. It is the kingdom of God rising up within us and the spirit empowering us to enter in and participate with it. The Holy Spirit empowers the church. A third is the Holy Spirit is the mark of equality in the kingdom. I'm gonna get the band to come and uh, we're gonna get ready to close. And I love this about the Spirit of God. Something happened in the early church when they began to experience the infilling of the Spirit and begin to walk out what it meant to be believers. In Acts 1.14, it says, they all met together, were constantly unified and united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. And that scripture and that whole passage paints a picture of a diverse, eclectic gathering of people where all were equal and all were valued. In Acts 2 is the initial outpouring of the Spirit that happens on the church. And Jesus' followers are gathered together in unity. And the Spirit falls on everyone, male and female, young and old, rich and poor, Jew and Gentile. They all experience the power of the Spirit equally. The Spirit of God does something in the church where he unifies and he makes equality where all are valued, all are important. In Acts 2, 17, 18, just following the outpouring of the Spirit, the apostles stand up in boldness and say from Joel 2, an Old Testament prophetic word that they proclaim and declare has now happened. That says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I'll pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. The empowering of the spirit is given to you to welcome and invite you to participate as an equal in the kingdom of God. Church, we have to get away from the mindset that reduces the kingdom of God to the organized church for two hours on a Sunday morning. We have to get out of the model that establishes it's the pastors who do the work or the pastors who are more important or the pastors who are anointed. We are a royal priesthood and the Holy Spirit is given equally to all believers for the ministry of the kingdom. But it is up to us to be open and to receive and to step in and to participate and to partner and to make room. We do not need to be afraid of the Spirit 
Everyone is important. Everyone is needed in the body of Christ. And when the Spirit falls upon us, the Spirit empowers us to step into the purposes that God has for us, the purposes for our life, the direction, the meaning, the significance for our life. So I wanted to just pray. I want to pray for our church, and then I want to pray for us as individuals and just have a moment where we listen to the Lord before we close this morning. I wonder if you just take a moment and just pray with me. Jesus, as we begin this new year, this new decade together, we pray for a fresh move of God. Jesus, we pray for spiritual hunger within our church. We pray for lost people to find Jesus. Baptism services. Moments praying together. Less looking at our watches and our social media feeds and more sitting and experiencing your presence together. Jesus, we pray for a church where younger generations encounter Jesus in their own experience. We pray for an increase of significant, special moments together that hosts your presence, makes room for you. And over our own lives, Jesus, may you strengthen us to live for you I had a phrase that I want to pray over you. I felt the Lord give me, and I know that this is for some of you. Jesus, would you bring calm to the chaos, clarity to the confusion, and courage to continue? Would you help us, Jesus, to find ways of being in your presence throughout the entire week? That we would not think of our Christian faith or our Christian experience just Sunday morning, but the beauty and the wonder and the majesty that you want to meet with us. In this moment, I wonder if you would just, we're going to quietly, we're just going to give, we're going to give a moment of space to meditate, to ponder this question. What is one area 
of my life, I can make more room for Jesus. One area of my life, I can welcome and invite the Holy Spirit to be more present. Let's meditate on that question. Jesus, we know that you are gentle and yet powerful. We do not need to be afraid of you. I pray, Jesus, that you would give us moments, space, courage, discipline, faith, favor to create space in our lives to let you whisper life over our soul, that we would not be dry, we would not be aimless, we would not be drifting without direction. But Jesus, that you would fill our lives with the goodness of who you are. And as we go on this journey together over the coming weeks. Jesus, may the greatest stories, the greatest testimonies, the greatest encounters, may they not just be when we're together as a church community, as great, as important as those are, as we create space and intention and we go after them. Jesus, I pray that there would also be wonderful stories wonderful encounters with your spirit in our homes, our kitchen tables, our easy chair, wherever it is that we're sitting and reading and thinking and praying and meditating on you. That every person here would understand that their identity is that they are a minister, that they matter, and that you invite them and welcome each one of us to participate in your kingdom. So forgive us for neglecting that and fill us, Jesus, with hope and courage to move forward. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening to Audio from the House. For more information or resources, visit us at thehouseonline.ca.